3: Welcome to Friday's edition of Big Blue Kickoff Live on Giants.com and the Giants mobile app. John Schmelk and Jeff Eagles with you. It's all presented by the New York Lottery. Get out there and play. The phone number is 201-939-4513. If you prefer on Twitter, go to hashtag GiantsChat. And of course, Big Blue Kickoff Live is part of the Giants Podcast Network, which is presented by Investors Bank. You can find the archive on the Giants mobile app. On Giants.com slash podcast and on your favorite podcast
4: platforms. Happy rainy Friday, Mr. Feagles. How are you? Well, it was raining. It's not raining anymore. So oh, that's a good thing. Did yeah. it stop? Oh, nice. Yeah. That, like you said, you and I were both talking. Both of our dogs can go outside now. Yes. Yes. Yes, <laughs> they can. Yeah, it's a good day. Good, it's good to be with you. Good Friday. Uh, it's been a while. Last was on Monday, so I feel like it's been an eternity. Yes. All this stuff going on with the Giants and the league and all this good stuff, but that's why we're here today to get it all off our chest and talk about the game.
3: Yes. Yeah. Yesterday was a fun day for me. I-, I recognized that a the small there must be a little tiny leak in the sun in my little sun office area in the in the roof, so I got like a little bit of water coming in the house. That was fun. Mm-hmm. Um, so that took up my afternoon, but then this morning there was no additional water. So I don't, that's I, right. I don't, I don't it's Thursdays.
4: You're at home. Yes. Right? I,
3: I don't understand how that works though. Like how yesterday when it was raining that hard, I get water in. And then today in the morning with a poured all, all night. There was no water. I, I it, <laughs> home ownership's the worst. I'll leave it at that. <laughs> all right. Let's it get is. to football, Jeff, because I think that's where yeah, we got to start here. And yes, please. And Jeff and me and Paul talked about this a little bit yesterday That, obviously, the Giants, unfortunately, had a a positive COVID test. They placed Will Hernandez on the COVID list. So, obviously, now, you know, it's been announced who the person is. They had to send a bunch of offensive linemen home, uh, a couple of coaches home as well. The good news is that everyone has tested negative. All those people will be participating in practice today. All the meetings today will be virtual, but they will be together on the field So it's a good sign that there hasn't been any spread within the building. And it also shows, based on the contact tracing, and Paul and I mentioned this yesterday, Jeff, that there weren't a lot of people that came into close contact with Mm -hmm. Will, which means everyone is following the rules. And it's amazing when people follow the rules, you get good results. So, you know, people keeping their distance from each other and and things like that. So good news, and hopefully that means we'll be full go on Monday night against Tampa.
4: Yeah, and I read today that the Giants are practicing at the stadium because of the wet grass fields over there. It always goes um, back to the rain, Jeff. Yep, exactly. Now, I have to tell you what, you know, we, we talk about Joe Judge and wanting his team to practice outdoors, which is good. I mean, it, it, it helps. Um, but I think another thing, too, is that if you decide to go inside – that's also inside. So I think you have a better chance of you know, a little more social distancing, if you will, outside going into the stadium. I think that's probably one of the big, big reasons they're doing it also. well, and You're also going to be playing outside in probably yeah. what's going to so, be a pretty chilly Monday night. So, Listen, I, I will tell you that there is, there is such a thing as teams getting soft by going inside all the time. Um, I, I do believe it, it makes you tougher and, it, 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 and you adapt better. When you get into those situations in games, if you're practicing in it, you don't think, of, you don't think twice about it. So it, it's a good thing. And as long as they can do it safely, that's more, that's more important. Yeah, no, no question about it. So that's good news.
3: But obviously, Will Hernandez, at least it doesn't appear, well, is going to play in the game, which means Shane Lemieux,
4: it appears, will be the guy that steps in for him. So it'll be a chance for the rookie to show what he could do. Yeah, you know what, too? I, I think that you, gotta, you had to expect that something like this was going to happen to every team. And by the um, way, it's amazing that the Giants have not had one positive that, test I was in training camp. just going to go there. Standard. Yeah. I mean, think about it. I mean, that, so it goes back to what you just said. A lot of people, you know, following the rules. And obviously, you know, there were some rules broken here and there. But the fact is, is that at least the guys are doing it um, on a consistent basis. And that they can, you know, they, it's just one of these weird things. And you've been around the building. You've been in there. I have not. And I just understand that, you know, the time that I was in training camp, it's, it's foreign. I mean, it's different down there. So it's it's, the, and I was just texting Zach Diossi back and forth. We just were touching base, and I said, you know, is it amazing that you got out the year that COVID came? Can you imagine? He says, I can't imagine. And it's just weird for the people that you know have not gone through this, that have played for a long time. I, I it just it's got to be so strange to just come to work every day, knowing that this thing is so fluid, John, and that things change instantly in in hours among the things that happen. So. You know, listen, you got to uh, give a lot of credit to the coaching staff, a lot of credit to the players for improvising and adjusting um, because it's not easy. I mean, just reading some of the stuff for practice yesterday on Twitter, I mean, you had guys like, you know, defensive linemen playing offensive line on the scout team yesterday. Yeah, they only had four
3: offensive linemen at practice. So <laughs> Eric Tomlinson, I
4: think, was one of the guys that had to
3: step in to play offensive tackle. Then there was no scout team offensive line. So yeah, they they had to be creative.
4: Yeah. And one thing I read uh, today, and, and by the way, you can say I, I read because this is a lot of how I get all my information, but Joe Judge said to today's practice, it makes sense. Uh, they're going to do a walkthrough before their regular practice today just to catch up on everything that was done yesterday that the guys weren't there so that they didn't miss mm. stuff, you know. So, you know, they're always thinking, those guys, a lot, a lot of thinking goes into all this protocol and and getting ready for the Tampa Bay Bucks.
3: Yep, a lot of detail, and I know we've had a lot of offensive line talk, by the way, this week. I do have about five or six minutes of Mark Colombo sound. If we get a lot of offensive line calls, I'll play that back just so you can hear from the horse's mouth uh, what he had to say about Andrew Thomas, Nick Gates, and Shane Lemieux. Again, if you guys want it, call up, let us know. We can talk a on. I can play that for you. We also have some Joe Judge sound talking about Tom Brady, and I think that's a good place to start here, Jeff, and if we have time, we'll, we'll play that sound later. But you mentioned how this is not easy. Well, Monday's not going to be easy either. Mm-mm. The Buccaneers, Mm-mm. in my <laughs> opinion, and I think I said this a couple days ago, are probably the best team in the NFC. No I question. think they're one of the three best teams in the National Football League, maybe four if you want to throw the Seahawks into that mix as well. I put them with the, with the Steelers and the Chiefs in the AFC. We'll see yep. about Baltimore this week. I'm not as high in Baltimore as other people are, but that'll be a good gauge when they play Pittsburgh on Sunday, whether or not they should be in that conversation as well. But this team, Jeff, and, you know, Tom Brady, Rob Gronkowski, Mike Evans, you know, all these guys, that's great. My biggest concern here is the Buccaneers' defense. Sure, It is be. phenomenal. <clears throat> it's the best, one of the best-run defenses in the league. Their pass defense isn't as good. But you look at a couple of the— Still top ten. Exactly. I think they're ninth— <laughs> Uh, you look at some of the advanced analytics defensively. They're number one in defensive efficiency. They're number one in expected points added per play. So this defense can do it all, and there's not a weakness. That's the scary thing, Jeff. You mm, they just yeah. traded for Steve McClendon inside to 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 replace Vitavea, who got hurt earlier in the years out for the year. They have Indominus Sue inside. Shaq Barrett and JPP sounds outside. like an all-star team, <laughs> and and JPP's playing as well as as, as good oh, as he yeah. has in like three or four years after a couple down years where he wasn't as good. You have Levante David and Devin White at linebacker; they're That's phenomenal. Standard. White's more of your run stopper downhill, great blitzer. Levante mm-hmm. David does everything. That guy's just a monster. Yep. And then in the secondary, you got two good young corners outside, and Carlton Davis and Jamel Dean. You have three pretty good young safeties. In Edwards, in Winfield, and Whitehead, maybe yeah. their weakness is an inside cornerback, maybe. But the bottom line is that up and down this defense, and they're coached very well by Todd Bowles on top of that, the Giants, it's not going to be easy for them to move the ball in this game on Monday night, Jeff.
4: Well, you kind of like, you got to go into it, and you make all good points. I mean, like I said, it sounds like an all-star team. It looks like this Bucks defense was put together, you know, like playing an all-star video game. Um But you got to kind of pick your poison. Where are you going to pick your poison, John? Where are you going to do it? It's probably going to have to be through the air, um, which won't be easy because they get pressure on the quarterback. But, you know, if you're going to try to run the football, um, you know, how how healthy are you going to get when they're the number one rushing defense? They're only allowing 66 yards a game. Three yards per carry Uh, flat. And, by the way, on first (laughs) and second down, under three yards per carry. Yeah, especially on first down. They're really good on first down. So we, we, talk, we talk enough about production on first and second downs and how it leads to third downs. Well, um, they are 39% giving up on third downs, so, and that's because they're good on first and second downs. It's all a trickle-down effect, folks. So um, if you're going to try to get it in the run game with a uh, new starting left guard, um, that's going to be tough, and it's also going to be tough to protect the passer. So, you know, where do you go, John? I, I, you know, I think, I think I you attempt yeah. to try to run the ball first, right? Uh, I mean, I don't know. Well, here's the problem, right? <laughs> if you decide to pass the ball
3: first, well, let's talk about the Buccaneers' pass draw, shall we? Yeah, shall we. They have the fourth highest sack per pass attempt rate, which basically tracks how often you sack the quarterback based on how many times teams pass against you. Fourth highest rate in the league at 10%. Uh, they're top five in pressure rate. They're top five in sacks. I can get the exact numbers here for you if you want them to, but the bottom line is that they're really, really
4: good. They're 25 sacks. They're, the number one is 26 behind the Steelers, which is
3: which is the Steelers. So, yeah. and they don't just rush four. This isn't like the Eagles last week where they rush four and you got to try to figure out where to block the guys one on one. Todd Bowles will blitz guys. Both safeties have two sacks. Devin White has four sacks. Mm-hmm. They bring guys from all over the place. So. This offensive line not only has to win one-on-one in some tough matchups, you talk about the tackles with Shaq Barrett and, and Jason Pierre-Paul, they have to have their heads on a swivel because Todd Bowles sends corners,
4: safeties, linebackers, you name it. Yeah, well, when they, they on, the numbers I got, I mean, sometimes they're a little bit off, but you know, they're, on passing downs, they're 44% splits in. That's almost half the downs. You know—that's I mean, their highest that's, rate in the league. I have the same number. That is insane. Um, and listen, this team is good. They're only giving up 20 points a game, um, which is, you know, really that's that's more than the Giants score um, on average. <laughs> and <laughs> if, here's a big one, John, that I looked at. And John and I do a lot of, you know, these numbers and things because, you know, I think that numbers always tell a story. When you start trying to do some of your research before the game uh, during the week, you kind of start to see a pattern of things. Um, and that's what stats can do for you. And a lot of times people don't like to rely on them, but. You know they're important.
3: To me, Jeff, they they kind of point you in the right direction. That's that's a good term. Yeah,
4: they kind of put you down the road to kind of get an idea of what you're up against. Well, I'll tell you one thing that the Giants are up against. The Giants are 0 and 4 versus top 10 scoring defenses. Tampa is a number eight, okay. And when the Giants have have lost those games, they've given up 11. They've they scored 11 points. They've given up 14 sacks and they've turned it over eight times to those teams that are in the top 10 and better in scoring defense. Well, that's one of them this week. They're the eighth team. So I, my point is I'm trying – this is where I'm trying to say how these statistics kind of tell you a story is I don't know where you're going to try to get rich here. Is it through the air or is it in the run? you got to do one of the two, right, John? So well, in maybe theory, some play action. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're going to have to do something. So uh, where does where – does, um, Daniel Jones come into this effect. Does he become a little RPO more machine this, this week? Oh Does boy. we – a lot of more – is there a little more of our play action and trying to get ball – get rid of the football in those two-step drops and boom and throwing the ball yeah, Jeff, quickly?
3: That's what I would do. I would do some quick game, maybe a lot of – maybe some screen passes. You know, this team blitzes a lot, right? Maybe you can catch them in a couple blitzes on some screens, mm-hmm. run some play action and mass protect on first down because they, the one thing Tampa is slightly susceptible to – and I'm not going to call it a weakness because they're ranked in the middle – of the league in these categories, but it's it's still the best you got. They Deep. do give up some big plays. They're yeah. 13th in the league in allowing 20, uh, passes of 20 yards or more, right. 19 so far this year. Uh, opponents have a 93.8 quarterback rating on passes that travel more than 20 yards in the air. And to the point on third and longs, of, six or of more than six yards, they're actually only 22nd in the league, allowing teams to convert 32% of the time because they blitz so much, you can bang them with some big plays. So yeah. to me, the giant shot in this game, Jeff, is Slayton, Shepard, and Ingram to an extent over the top. You're going to have to burn these guys when they send their blitzes because if you don't and you're trying to sustain these long drives, they create far too many negative
4: plays for that to work. I got a play that will work. Um, we haven't seen a lot of it. You know, with, Sh- with Shermer's offense, we did. We saw a lot of the rollouts with the quarterback, you know, get out of the pocket and get out there. Maybe that can buy those receivers some time to get deep to make some of those big plays of 20 yards or more and then give it on Daniel Jones to be able to hit those paths, put your foot in the ground and throw it, or get outside and run the football. I mean, that I think that's one way to get some some yardage if you're going to. Um, the other thing about this defense that you said about the deep pass is that, you know, that, if, if you can get some big plays on this defense and get down the field, here's the other thing. Once you get into the red zone, <laughs> it never ends. <laughs> uh They're good. They're only allowing 58% <laughs> scores in yeah. the red zone. 11th in the league. Opposed to their offense. And we'll get there in a minute. We'll <laughs> tell you a little bit about that later. Number but, one. <laughs> but defensively for the Tampa, they don't, they don't, they're stingy. They're stingy yeah. down there in the red zone. And we know Uh, The Giants are very stingy on themselves in the red zone. Um, So that's a matchup nightmare ready to happen. So but listen, that's why they play the game. Um, It's any given Sunday. I'm not telling you that I think the Giants are going to win, but I think you never know what can happen. Turnovers. This team is good at them. They take away the football. <laughs>
3: <laughs> can we? You're just scaring the hell out of people. I, well, they should.
4: That, right? That's what that. I mean, come on. I mean, I'm not going to soften it up any. But uh, yeah, Jeff geez. honestly,
3: like 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 all jokes aside, this might be the toughest game the Giants have all year. Well, it listen, might
4: be. we are talking about, and it goes back to it's the history of of any sports, right? I mean, when you're going when you're playing junior football or you're playing a high school team, and and you're going up the best team, and probably the in the NFL, it, it's you know you can argue that, but I think this is the best team right now. Um, playing one of the worst teams in the NFL. So something's going to happen, and it could be it could be <laughs> gross. <laughs> all right, Jeff, really quickly, because we have a full bank of calls, I want sure. to get to him.
3: The offense for the bucks I don't want to go through all the numbers, but from what I've seen, it seems like it's starting to click. Tom Brady oh, uh, yeah. has a feel for now what he has to do in this Bruce Arian system. They have more passes of 20 or more yards than any other team in the league. They throw the ball down the field. Brady has not lost any arm strength. He looks like the same guy that he watching the games and, and watching him on coaches tape. Gronkowski's gotten his football legs back underneath him. No Chris Godwin this week. But does that really matter? Scotty Miller was awesome last week. They don't, they don't even have to throw the ball to Mike Evans. I watched that game last week on Coach's Tape. Sure. He had two catches. He yeah. was open all over the field. Yeah. Like they could if they could have thrown the ball to him 10 or 11 times and it would have right. been fine. So I really feel like that offense is hitting its stride right now and the Giants I think are catching them at the wrong time.
4: Yeah, and real quickly on the on the offense. Yeah, I think you hit a lot on it. You know, there's a couple things that, that to me makes sense with this offense and why it's clicking. Ronald Jones is one of them. Yeah. Um I well. think he's running the football. If you look at the way that Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers set up play action, they do it because of Ronald Jones and their and their running game. So I think those are some things you need to look at. And then you got Leonard Fournette who's more of a pounder to get you some of those uh, tough yards. But, listen, they're, they're averaging 105 yards rushing, which is, isn't the greatest, but they'll, they will – listen, they're not going to throw the ball down the field. I take that back. Brady does like the, those go routes, okay? He's got seven touchdowns this season on the go routes, but they're going to they're stick to the run. The Giants defense is pretty good against the run, not the best, but, you know, Scotty Miller, it sounds to me like Tom, Tom Brady said, hey, guess what, buddy? I'm going to make everybody know your name now and we're going to get you the ball. He leads the receivers in 365 yards. So He's a like, top receiver.
3: So it's Scotty Miller's what, like Wes
4: Welker 6.0 are we up to now at this point? Are we like I the six different just, version of yeah, Wes it's Welker? Yeah, like, it's like, like Tom Brady. It's like the birth of these yeah. little wide little receivers, <laughs> know, you know? It's, crazy. Our, it's, it's our Alex Bachman. Yeah, you know? I know, right, so, exactly. Unbelievable. It's nuts. All right, folks, uh, we'll, we'll talk more about that. And
3: again, if you guys want to get into the offensive line talk, I have some Columbo sign for you. I have some judge sound on Brady if you want to get into that. But first, I want to remind you that the New York Giants and Quest Diagnostics want our fans to come back stronger than ever. Now you can order your own lab test through Quest Direct to get the health answers you need most. 201-939-4513. You're listening to Big Blue Kickoff live on Giants.com. It's all presented by the New York Lottery. Get out there and play. Let's go to Phil in North Carolina to lead things off there. Mr. Pearson. Phil, how are you?
1: Hey, guys. Good. Thank you. Uh, Appreciate your uh, show here. Thanks. Uh, But... Let's talk about the Africa line, and specifically, I guess, the question I have is, Did I know Shane uh, Lemieux, this is his natural position left guard. Yes, that's correct. So, thinking, trying to think ahead, and I know Zeitler's been uh, rumored to be on the trade block, or, you know, his his time is more limited than the other guys because they're younger. Did Will Hernandez play any right guard in college, do you know?
3: Oh, uh, that's a really good mm. question. I can look that up really quick. I can't tell you off the bat.
4: Yep. Me either. He should uh, be uh, able to play it, though. I know where you're I, going.
3: <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. So so one of the things I'm thinking about is, you know, it will uh, it, Hernandez may be a better uh, – well, years ago, the right guard would pull tend to pull less than the left guard, correct?
3: Yes, yeah, because normally um, you run right, so your left guard would pull more. That's correct.
1: Right. So I'm guessing – you know, I'm thinking that you know, uh, if Will does not pull that great, uh, you know, we might be a better position to have him on right and have Shane on left, and he would be the pull guard.
4: Well, I'd rather I'd rather have. What happened to Kevin Zeitler? Well, yeah, yeah, <laughs> I know where
3: it's going. <laughs> yeah, I, well, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, well, I'm anticipating he's got you know
1: one more year, and that's it anyway. So.
3: Okay, well that's fine, but I mean Will Hernandez's contract is also going to be up when 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 Zeiler's contract is up. So then you got to make a decision on him anyway, you know what I mean?
1: Oh, okay, that's true. I I thought he was um, – I think I got my one year off. I thought he had another year. No, well, well, remember,
3: I think Uh, Zyler has another year left on his deal, right? And so does Will Hernandez. Will Hernandez has a four-year rookie contract. His first year was 2018. So both those guys – and I I can double-check this, but off the top of my head, I believe are free agents after the 2021 season.
1: Okay, I I thought Will was 22. And by the way, I can Uh, tell you, in in
3: college, by the way, Will Hernandez played – one snap at right guard and 2,300 snaps at left guard. So, no, he does not have a lot of experience playing right guard. Sorry.
1: <laughs> all right, there goes that theory. Okay. I just kind of hey, wonder how
4: so, he got in there that one time yeah, at right I know, guard. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Did he just so, get his okay, bell wrong and I'm went to the to wrong think side? I'm outside the box here.
1: Yeah, I'm trying to think outside the box. Okay, so, all right, so my only thing, and I'll take you off the air, uh, is that um, I heard a lot of criticism early in the week about. Andrew Thomas and a lot of explanations, potentially, of why he's suffering. Top, top uh, defensive ends, et cetera. But you, you know the mindset of people when when we pick the first tackle off the board. It's a little shocking that he's the worst, you know, worst graded or performing at the lowest level.
3: Yeah, I get that. So, so yeah.
1: So, so that's. I mean, I'm not. I'm trying to give get the mindset of why people are kind of shocked, and I am too, you get discouraged, and and, and I think, you know, he's not, you know, hopefully he's not going to be, you know, uh, Eric Flowers too, he doesn't seem that way because he's a smart guy, and, and when you're smart, you got a chance to, to improve, so, uh, so I'll take, anyway, I, that's my explanation why I think people are shocked about this, so.
3: I thanks, appreciate guys.
1: It. I appreciate it, and uh, let's
3: go Giants. All right, thanks for the call. And look, guys, we understand. I mean, totally the frustration do. level with Andrew Thomas, I get it. He's the fourth overall pick in the draft. Now, we always try to warn you, especially offensive tackles, the first year you might have some issues coming out. It, it, with all the great tackles, you have problems. But yes, compared to the other tackles that came out last year, he's not playing as well. I Mm -hmm. thought he'd be better than what he's been, Jeff, and I think you probably thought he'd be better than what he's been too, right? Is that fair? I
4: I, I think all of us thought that. I think that what we need to do is understand that when we're talking about those four, right, I think those are the four guys we're talking about that came out in the draft this year. Beckton,
3: Wirfs, Wills, and Thomas.
4: If I look at those other three, and I don't know this for a fact, I'm just trying to make conversation here, that if I look at those other three and the systems that they're playing in, how, how close are those systems to what they did in college? You know, sometimes, you know, new systems, they have there's some adjustments that they make. Um, the offensive line coaches are different, their philosophy, their techniques. So I think that all goes into it, the evaluation of, you know, of these guys and how they play. So, you know, let's give them a little bit of time. Let's please not – Well, Jeff, here's know, the thing. You have no choice but to give him time. Yeah. So, But I, I, mean, I'm, <laughs> I guess what I'm trying you know, to say is right. let's, let's stop talking about it so much. We understand that he's struggling, um, and he's going to get better. He's the fourth pick in the draft. He's going to get better. And he I don't... doesn't
3: have some of those limitations. And I get it. And, yes, and I... I, I, think, I think it was Travis a couple of days ago that, that called about this. I trying to remember who it was exactly. But, look, I get it. Giant fans of Eric Flowers PTSD. I get it. <laughs> they do. That's what they have. And I understand it. I totally get it, folks. I get it. But, look, I'm talking to Deal and O'Hara, two guys that are sure. offensive linemen and know how to break it down. You guys remember the video we put up before the draft? where Dylan O'Hara broke down the offensive lineman. They had very good things to say about Andrew Thomas. And that was before we picked him. So it's, it's not like this is stuff that they're just talking about now and didn't talk about then. They believe that Andrew Thomas has what it takes to be a good offensive tackle. This isn't Eric Flowers, who had no idea how to punch and had bad feet. That's not what Andrew Thomas is dealing with right now. He has the tools to be successful. He has to fix some of his issues now. Do we wish those issues weren't there? Is it disappointing that they're there? Of course. But you have to be patient. You're not giving up on the fourth overall pick in the draft after seven games, nor should you. It would be foolish and, frankly, stupid. So we are where we are. You need mm-hmm. him to play better, and you hope he improves as, as the year goes along. But I will warn you, Monday, night, is... not, might not <laughs> Monday yeah. night might not be pretty. Monday
4: night might not be pretty. Well, listen. I mean, if, if anything for Andrew Thomas, he's gone. He's gone against some really good pass rushers this this year, and hopefully, he's learned and st- went back and studied some of their moves because you know these guys just it, it doesn't get any easier. But guess what? This isn't the SEC anymore. No, this, this is the NFL. NFL where you're always going to
3: face. You're always going to face good pass rushers.
4: You're uh, you're you're basically facing the top two you know, two or three highest paid players on your football team that mm-hmm. are going to go against you every week. Good point. So, so uh, it's not going to be easy. And by the way, their success rate isn't that, I mean, 20 25% is, is good. I mean, if you win the other 75, you're okay.
3: There you go. 201-939-4513. It's presented by the New York Lottery. Get out there and play. Let's go back to our very busy phones and say hello to Keith in Ocean City. He's up next. Keith, what's up?
2: Hey, what's going on, guys? I, uh, long time listener, first time caller. Just want to appreciate everything you guys are cool. doing. Cool. Welcome aboard.
3: Well, Keith, we appreciate you hey. listening and calling in. Thank you very much. Yeah.
2: And I also have to give my condolences. I don't know how you guys listen to Charlie every day. Like, I have to turn it off when I hear it. Well,
3: Keith, <laughs> hold on in about 10 minutes. <laughs> he's he's on hold, so get ready for it.
2: Yeah, right. um, Now, with them, I just had two quick questions. Um, I'm sure the O-line, um, they're going to do some mixing up because of uh, the whole
3: COVID thing, correct? It looks for now that like the only one. guy that's going to yeah. be missing is Hernandez. At least as it looks right now, that could change, but that's the impression at the moment.
2: Okay, I wasn't sure if they were revamping, like the, not revamping, but like switching out players because I know they uh, quarantined everybody. Yeah, but they're back. Sure for the game. They're back
3: today. Uh, yeah, everyone was back in the oh, building okay. today except for Hernandez.
2: Okay, and um, going back to the last caller, um, they were talking about Eric Flowers, this. Reminded me of something. Is he still on the Redskins or no?
3: No, he's, he's with he's, the Miami he's, Dolphins. He's, he's in Miami. Guard. And here's the thing about Eric Flowers that, that that people I know get upset about. He's actually turned into a fairly decent guard. The problem is when he was here that? at the end of his career, he told the <laughs> Giants he did not want to play guard. But what happened is that he got the free agency, he realized nobody wanted to sign to play tackle. Then he's like, oh, I better <laughs> play guard. <laughs> I, mean, yeah. I mean, literally yeah. that's what happened. Mm-hmm.
2: But I mean, he he was playing guard for the Skins. Uh, sorry, for the Washington Football Team. Yes, that's correct.
3: correct. Yes, yep, he and was. Okay. Yes. How long was he there for? He, he, he was there, two I think, years. for one year. Well, two years, Jeff. I thought I it, was it was only two, one. It might I be it two. Was two years. But yeah. when he hit free agency, he ended up going to Miami. They paid him too. He got something like eight or nine million a year, right, Jeff? If I'm not mistaken. It's, it,
4: but listen, you know what? That's a classic example. Number one pick talent, right? I mean, obviously he's got some talent somewhere, but. Uh, he morphed into a guard, and I think they, they, you know, everybody missed him on a tackle. But well, now well, look but what again, he, Jeff. We talked about his feet, right? He has yeah, feet to yeah, play I guard. Mean, he does not have feet to play. play there tackle. you go. And so when there's a reluctancy from the player to do something, I mean, like when I was playing, if the, if the coach kept telling me to kick the ball out of bounds and I never did it, I wouldn't have a job anymore. So you know, you, sometimes you gotta you gotta adjust to it. And say, okay, well maybe people don't think I'm a tackle. Right. I'm gonna move to guard. And by the way, I'll move to guard. And guess what? Oh, you'll pay me nine million dollars a year. Okay, I'm in. Thank you.
2: (laughs) Yeah, and I mean, I'll I'll take I'll take this off the air. But I do remember you guys. I don't know who was exactly who was saying it, but um, like the major, uh, decent amount of like first rounders aren't even on the their team that drafted them. A lot of them got traded. It's insane the turnover rate.
4: Yeah, it It is. is. Like I
2: mean, because I. I don't remember who was uh, talking about it, but um, there is saying about how many Heisman trophy winners have like actually stayed with their team or have turned out as quote unquote busts, And it's insane how many of them have. Mm -hmm. No,
4: you're right. Listen, there's so many first round draft picks that that don't make it past their five year contract or their four year deal, whatever it is. Yeah, I mean, they're just, and you hate to use the word bust, but it's just so, it's just, I guess it's so apropos with it, right? I mean, they're busts. They just, they were not good players, and they're out of the league. You know, they make their money, and then they're gone. Um, But there's guys like Eric Flowers who can, you know, pay attention to what people are saying and then go and compete and doing pretty good. So, plus, I think that being down in Miami where he went to college, I think, and his family's down there, I think that's probably one of the the reasons why he's probably doing so well, because he's back at home. 201-939-4513, Two zero
3: one nine three nine four five one three hashtag Giants chat is all presented by the New York Lottery. Get out there and play. I haven't talked to Len in Columbia, Maryland. I don't think personally in a couple of weeks. Len, what's going on? Hi, Len. Hey, how you doing, guys? How you Good. doing? What's going on? Doing? Good. Hey, a uh, couple
5: couple of things. Um, clear a couple of things up for me. Sure. Um, I think we've got I think we've got six picks after the Golden Trade. Uh, we we've got six picks next year.
3: You know what? I've seen. That is a good question, and I was actually asked that question on Twitter the other day. I have not had a chance to look it up, but I think we. I will look right now. We got the
5: first. We got the first four, uh, we traded the fifth, and we got two sixes. So that that gives us. So we got six picks, and we traded the seventh also. So at, at this point, we got six picks. Um, yes I, I believe that's, that's, that's
3: correct I, yeah yeah they have they're one okay. through four and then they have two sixes that's what i'm seeing right right right. Correct. you're okay, wanting good.
4: more i could just tell in your voice lynn <laughs> yeah, oh yeah well you always oh, want yeah. more i, I,
5: I want ten. no you're I want gonna tell ten. us how <laughs> i want 10 like last year i want 10 i want 10 <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah um let, let me ask you a question about the eagles game sorry i haven't talked to you guys for a while and uh, so this is... Well,
3: yeah, Len, Len, real a quick. Time- Len, real fast. Also, there is still a stipulation that if the Giants re-sign Leonard Williams to an extension before the start of the 2021 league year, so that's whatever free agency starts at 4 o'clock on whatever that day in March is going to be, they would right. lose their fourth-round pick and keep their fifth-round pick instead. You know what I mean, oh, so they would okay. get, so, that, okay. so they would have their fifth round pick, but they wouldn't have their fourth round pick, depending okay. on what they do. I with got Leonard.
5: you. I got you. Okay. Hey, yep. thanks for clearing that no, up. No thanks problem for clearing that yep. up. Hey, qu- quick question on the Eagles game. Um, virtually the last play of the game, Peppers running down the sidelines with the, you know the, you know the kid. Um, I, you know, I, I'm I'm watching that play over and over again. Eventually, you got to turn around and look for the ball. You know, a great athletic play. He stayed with the kid all the way to the end. But look, if the kid turns right, he goes out of bounds. If he turns left, he runs over peppers, and it's a pass interference. And he's only got ten yards left to the end of the field. Take a look, will you
3: please? No, Len. Maybe peek. Yeah, Len. I agree with you. I'm with you. That that that's a bugaboo of mine. Players not looking back. But I will say this. Uh, coach Henderson, the defensive backs coach, was actually asked about that play this week. And they said, how could he have played that differently? And, you know, you've watched a lot of football over the years. This is something that the, that the Patriots do a lot of, where they, they teach there to, as the ball gets in there, Pepper should use, and I think he used his right hand, he should have used his left, to kind of get your hand up in between the receiver's hands. So even right. if he does you know, kind of get the ball in his hands area, you kind of move your hand through that space, which makes it really difficult to catch the pass. So even if he doesn't get his head around, at least he has his hand in there yeah. in between his hands to try to dislodge that ball. So I think that's okay. the primary teaching technique on that specific play okay. that they try to get through to the players. Bradbury okay. does okay. that very I, I wouldn't,
5: well. I, I wouldn't try to second-guess a defensive backfield coach at any level and especially I, one that played it, for it, ten years. But but it seems to me <laughs> it seems to me if you do that, you 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 have less than a second's time to not have pass interference called on you if you're playing your if you're playing your left hand up into that area that you're talking about. I, I prefer to see the That's guy peek back.
3: Yeah, especially, I,
5: especially I, I agree. Especially, when I agree. Especially when there's only ten yards left, and the guy can't go anywhere; he can only run in a straight line. Let me I mean, ask you a question,
4: Len. Would you rather have pass interference in that situation than the touchdown? I would. Oh, of course. So.
5: Well, I, true. <laughs> good point, Jeff. <laughs> hey, good point, Jeff. Listen, let's let's uh, move on. You know, nine games left. Nine games left. Tampa Bay's the first one. Uh, you know, Monday night. Um, John, I think you. Well, both of you spoke to this. A good team playing good. I mean, they're in a they're in a roll on a roll here. They're they're in that four or five game zone where they're they're a good team and they're playing very well and Bowles is in the zone he's calling defenses everything he calls of course he's got some pawns but everything he calls is working um but you know what the last three games we're not playing too bad I mean you know we're we're getting better
3: well now, a, now Len a, the key now though you're outside the division so you got to play a team outside the NFC East, which for NFC East teams, and that goes across the board now, has not, not really easy. gone that well this year so yeah, far for outside teams outside the division. Let's be yeah. honest.
4: Especially if you're only if you're not scoring twenty points a game, you're going to need to put some points up on this team.
5: Yeah, well, I guess. Well, I, I listen. You give these guys, we, we're still paying those guys out there, aren't we? Oh, question. Of course, I know where you oh, are. Yeah, all, right, okay. yeah. all right. All right. All right. All right. So let me make this point. Look. Coaching staff, give them give them a game plan that you think can win. Put your fifty three, your forty eight best players. You know, give them give you forty eight best players a jersey. Send them out there. Tell them to execute. Hold them accountable for executing. And you know, let's go. Let's line it up. We're both playing eleven players. Jeff, you said it best. Then you give it Sunday. Yeah,
6: um,
5: I mean. Look, I, I'm you know, let's let's pat them on the back. They're they're a good. T- I don't know if they're top three, John, but that's your opinion. Um, you know, they're a good team playing good, and I think we're playing a little better, and I'm looking, looking forward to the game. But of the, la- of the last nine games, John, I'll tell you what I'm really looking at, and you probably know where I'm coming from with this. I- I'm looking at those division games. I want to see how we match up against those three teams. I, I-, I want to win those home division games coming up. Um, you know, I want to see how Thomas plays against Young, I want to see Slayton. I mean, you know, the guy, the guy in Philly held him in check last week. Uh, you know, I want to see him play Philly again. I, I want to see Slayton play better. I want to see Love cover the tight end. I, I want to see Jones win, a, you know, win another division game. Okay, I want there. to see him take, you know. So what I'm really looking for, and I'm, I'm, I'm looking for a win Monday night. I'm, I'm, I'm not backing off of that. But I, I'm looking at those last three division games, and I, I, I want to see this team. We gotta get the four and two, not necessarily this year, John, Jeff. We Somehow. gotta get the four and two in the division. Yep, no, if you go agreement. two and four in your division no, never mind. and you win six out of the next ten, you only win eight games, you're not going to the playoffs. Yep. So I'm measuring growth against what we do in this in this division against those three teams. Thank you, Len. Let's go, Giants. Thanks for taking my call, buddy. Appreciate you're welcome, it.
4: No problem. Well you got back to back division games after this game, John. Yeah. And then you got your bye week and you play a, bu- a you know, a Bengals team that's kind of, you know, they're not that good, but they're they're not bad.
3: Now, Washington has a bye this week. They come off a d- d- dominating win against Dallas. That, to me, at Washington is a dangerous game. You sure. beat them in a really close game, yep. you know, a couple weeks ago. That's dangerous. And then Philly game is dangerous. And, again, these are games the Giants certainly can win if they play well. I'm not trying to make that point. The Philly game is dangerous to me because Philly really dominated the first half of that game last Thursday, Jeff, and the Giants were fortunate only be only to be down one score. Yeah. Then Eagles had three red zone trips and only scored three points the, all, yeah, out of those or, three.
4: And and you know, they, and went through that horrible interception. I mean, yeah. Well, and, was, and, and and uh Elliott
3: missed what, like a twenty eight yard field goal, whatever it was.
4: Geez, was and the and the then they went
3: report. for it on fourth down and they failed inside yeah. the red zone too, I believe at some point. So, yeah. Those look Agreed with Len, those are games you certainly can win. The Giants should be in those games, they should be able to win them. But it's also games that the other teams are going into those games, thinking the same thing the Giants are right? That this is these are games that we can come out and kind of come out with the win. So we'll see how it goes.
4: Uh, you know, December is usually a month where you're kind of making a drive. This is not the Giants this year, but you know, you teams make it, you know, they make a run at the playoffs in December, you got to win in December. Go ahead, folks, and look at those four games in December for the Giants. You talk about Murderer's Row.
3: Oh, Seattle, Arizona, Cleveland, and Baltimore. (laughs) Good luck.
4: I know. I know. Wow.
3: And by the way, at Seattle, at Baltimore. Oh, man. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. 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 Yeah. And by the way, Washington and Philly are both thinking they're going to win the NFC
4: East right now. And and, and by the way, if I were them, I would think the same thing. Yeah, because you know that the Giants and the Cowboys aren't. Um, the Cowboys are trying to think of who, you know, who's who's on the team. You know, how do we play together? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> Cuz the, they hate each the other. The Cowboys
3: <laughs> traded Everson Griffin, they cut Dontari and Dowell, Worley. three <laughs> I mean, veterans they brought in over the offseason. That team's a mess. And unfortunately, mess. you'd like to get them in the next 2 weeks with the way they're playing. Yeah, that no- would have been nice. Who knows what Dallas is going to look like on on January 3rd. They could have things kind of, you know, cleaned up a little bit by then. You know, Ben DiNucci... Who sounds like some dude I went to high school with in Brooklyn is is starting quarterback this week. <laughs> yeah, they it does, crazy. Right? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> Giant fans get a New York Giants checking account from Investors Bank with a Giants branded debit card, security features, and discounts at the Giants online shop. You can earn up to two hundred fifty dollars when you open an account at investorsbank.com slash giants. Member F D I C. All right, Charlie, I'll get you in earlier today. What's going on, pal? I Chuckles. Hey, guys. How y'all doing? You know, Charlie, you keep sending me these tweets explaining how the Giants... <laughs> I don't get them anymore from Charlie. I blocked them. Well, thank God. Because, Charlie, I, I just want to say this you you very quickly. <laughs> You're missing it all, Jeff. Yeah, I know. Good for him. <laughs> yeah, Trust sure. me. But Charlie continuously sends <laughs> us these tweets. Unfortunately, I'm nice enough to follow the psychopath on Twitter. and So, so he DMs me these things and Lance and... <laughs> (laughs) I usually just ignore him and move on. But it's always these tweets explaining that either the Giants' offensive line isn't blocking well or Andrew Thomas has a bad pass block win rate or Daniel Jones turns it over. Charlie, do you think we don't know these things? We say it on the show every week. It's redundancy. You don't need to keep sending me these tweets. I know what's (laughs) happening. I'm not blind, deaf, or dumb. You got
0: it? Yeah, but you— but you keep thinking that Jones is progressing, and I keep showing you that he's
3: not. Wait, Charlie, when did I come out and say on the show this year that Daniel
0: Jones has shown a great improvement from last year? I haven't said that. No, maybe you haven't, but other people on your Well, so has- don't send it to me. Send it to them. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Hey, no, Paul doesn't want me to send anything negative. He calls <laughs> negative, so I can't send him anything. Uh, <laughs> don't make me block hey, look, you,
3: Chuckles. Go ahead. It's okay.
0: Okay, let me just say this. I sent you this, and I want to read it for all the giants fans to see how well Aaron Andrew Thomas is doing. Of quarterback pressures percent allowed by the first round offensive tackles. Worth is at four point six percent. really good. Wills is at five point no five point zero percent. Beckham is at six point eight. And this guy Austin Jackson, who wasn't even a first-round pick from Miami, he's seven point six. You know where Andrew Thomas is? Fourteen point six. That's how many pressures this guy gives up. Yeah, problem. As as Jackson. Yeah, we
3: look. I understand. I'm not arguing with you on the numbers, Charlie. He has to play better. We all know that. And by the way, the coaches know
0: that too. Yeah. Yeah, Well, you know what's going to happen? He's going to be a guard in this league. That's what's going to happen. He's just like Flowers. He's going to end up a guard. He'll probably be a really good guard, but he's not going to be a very good tackle. Because you can't tell me, if this guy is starting out this way and these other tackles are starting out playing the way they are, there is a major flaw in this guy's game. Major. When you are the fourth-round pick in the draft and you play like this, right now you're a bust. He might not be a bust in a year or two from now, but I'm telling you, he's going to end up being a guard oh, in the show. bust.: another mistake. When you label someone a bust,
3: that is a permanent, that is a permanent label. You don't bust and then debust. Once you bust, you bust. <laughs> there is no debusting. No,
0: no. no Flowers is a bust is a, is a ninth round pick as a tackle. Oh OK. He OK, so you're D-O-K saying he's guard. a bust
3: as a tackle, not a bust period. Yeah.
0: OK.: yeah, yeah, I exactly. Understand. That's what I'm saying. And, Jeff, i got to talk to you about this. Did you see Hecker, uh, mm-hmm. the game that he did? It, it wasn't Listen, that great?
4: That was pretty I've good. Told you guys all, I've told you guys about him for, for years. Yes. The guy is absolutely, he is a magician. It's really impressive. Had you
0: ever kick a ball like that, hor- no. horizontal? No, instead
4: never of heard vertical? of it. The melon never ball is what they called it, right? Is that what they call it, the melon ball? It's, it's a, it's, yeah. They call it the boomerang. It's like a boomerang. You kick it, you know, a boomerang, goes sideways, you kick the thing sideways, it actually goes in the air. It's like a boomerang. But it's an Australian kick. That's what these guys do nowadays. Yeah. Um, yeah. They're fun to watch. It's, was, it's really. Yeah. It, it's, he was having fun, too. He was, yeah. he was having a blast. You
0: know, I'm just surprised, Jeff, that you didn't uh, ever try to do that.
4: Well, I, it's, it's, I'm, there was only one—I think—one Australian rules guy that came in and played in the NFL. That was Darren Bennett. He was the first one. Now, now they yeah, now yeah. they're everywhere. They're like weeds. It drives me crazy.
0: I mean, he even got
4: the—he uh, got
0: the uh, game ball from the ESPN guys, giving you know, giving it to him for uh, okay. all those punts inside the, you know, the ten-yard line,
4: and he never got you know, the jacked up award the, like I got though. <laughs> oh, what was that for? You don't remember that? You being the Giants fan that you are, it? don't remember when I got jacked up by <laughs> D- Jeremiah Trotter in yeah, the, the Eagles, Eagles game? Man, he got oh yeah, well, I saw that. One. And by the way, yeah, and, and uh, the, the jacked up award, I won the jacked up award, the number one hit in the National Football League that year was me. <laughs> was it really? <laughs> yes, I was voted the number one
3: jacked up hit. Now here's the question: mm. Like, did ESPN send you some type of trophy or like a, or, or like a? Like a gigantic no. band aid or no, something they like just, that. They gave, me the, they gave
4: me the distinguished honor, and now all I do is get ridiculed for it. I Thank get you, people, Charlie. I get people like you know my my sons. They tell me all the time, Dad, did you see the YouTube guy that, that did something on you? On the, <laughs> the hit on, you know, <laughs> that there, there's kids in their family room with pillows running, just clocking each other, going, "Oh, here's Jeff Eagles. Oh, he gets hit by Jeremiah Trotter." And so some kid being plowed over the couch. <laughs> <laughs> all
3: right, uh, it's all ca- good. Charlie called about Andrew Thomas. So I cut this thing down a little bit here. I got about three minutes. Perfect segue, right? I got about three (laughs) minutes of of Colombo, Mark Colombo, the Giants offensive line coach, on Andrew Thomas. Then, callers, you stay on the line. I promise I will get to you as soon as this audio is over. But here is uh, Mark Colombo talking about where Andrew Thomas is in terms of his blocking. And I believe we're leading off with a question by Patty Traina. Here we go.
6: Coach, I wanted to ask you um, about Andrew Thomas and, and as you continue to study and work with him, I know you had mentioned a while ago that you know his hands were inconsistent. I'm just wondering though, what about his anchor? Is his anchor and the fact that maybe sometimes his feet are sliding out from underneath him, is that affecting his use of the hands or do you see something else that's maybe working um, to make that, you know create that inconsistency?
7: Yeah, I think everything's really with, with Andrew right now is a timing issue. Um, he's working really hard all right to get this right you know he's out there at practice yesterday really trying to work on some things in terms of timing getting your feet set underneath yourself before you throw your punch you know and, and you said it we're just you know we're inconsistent across the board you know if you turn on the you know the tape with against Pittsburgh and then you turn on the tape against Philadelphia you've made huge strides as a group um that's not everyone, right? It, it, you know, we talked about, you know, kind of crawling each, each step of the way here. I think we took a big leap forward in, in, in the Philadelphia game. Um, we just, you know, it, it's in terms of consistency with Andrew, that's kind of the big issue right now. Um, again, we're working to get that fixed every single day. Um, he did some really good things in the game, and then there were some inconsistencies too. So it's really about taking that technique and everything you're learning in practice and bringing it to the game. And, you know, you know, for the most part, that's something, you know, across the board as a unit, we need to do better. We're starting to close the gap on that a little bit, starting to get a little bit more consistent play out of the group as a whole. All right. You know, obviously Andrew's the youngest of the group. So, you know, usually, you know, when you get a young guy in there, it takes him, you know, a little bit, a little bit longer, you know, to come along, but you know, I feel like he's made strides over the past few weeks. It's just cleaning up, you know, those two or three reps a game, you know, where the timing's off. And, you know, I think that's, I think it's timing as a whole is kind of the issue right now. And that's something, you know, we're working, you know, every day to correct.
6: And then if I may follow up with just one more, how much of it is, you know, he's been facing veteran uh, pass rushers. Those guys have a few tricks up their sleeve. Andrew, you know, in college, he faced some good pass rushers, but not as sophisticated as maybe what he's facing now. So how much of it is him You know, that inconsistency do you think is a result of him trying to survive out there as opposed to remembering to use a good technique when these guys pull tricks on him?
7: Yeah, I think, you know, you kind of hit it on the head. You know, a lot of the time, this isn't just with Andrew, you kind of get into a survival mode because you're seeing multiple pass rushers, multiple moves. These guys are studying him all week. So anything that's hurt us up front or any other offensive line for that matter, they're going to keep hammering you with it until you get the problem corrected. And that's something we're trying to work on you know you get some of those reps off tape and then defensive ends start attacking you a different way and kind of play to your strengths so right now we're really trying to you know address you know where, where we haven't been that consistent with and you know and, and you're right we're going to see he's going to see pass rushers that are really good every single step of the way in his career all right he realizes that he's extremely smart um it, it's going to be something that you're going to have to deal with week in and week out you know, we just, we just got to do it better. And it's something as he grows and as he keeps getting experience, you know, he's going to learn how to combat some of these mistakes. And that's what we're working to correct right now.
3: That's Mark Colombo talking about Andrew Thomas. Jeff, your thoughts on that?
4: Well, I think, I think one thing I liked about what Mark Colombo said, first of all, he's very honest. He's going to tell you what it is. Um, the other thing is that, you know, as he continues to get better um, and that, and he mentioned how other players are watching him on tape, well, they're, they're concentrating on the things he doesn't do well, and they're attacking that. As soon as he finishes and is able to correct those things, then the other players will start playing to mm-hmm. his, his strengths. And that's what we're all looking for. And as soon as that happens, he's going to be a good player. So once he figures this other stuff out, and again, folks, it's seven games into an NFL season playing left tackle in the NFL. I think Mark Colombo pretty much summed up what you wanted to hear. I mean, it's, it's going to be a hard – it's going to be a haul. It's going to be a little bit of a process. Yeah,
3: and two things that he mentioned later on. I didn't want to play too long of a cut. Uh, he talked about how in practice, how you have to bring what you do in practice onto the field. He also said that, look, he has some inconsistencies in practice, so it's not a surprise that, you know, those yeah. show up in the games Then they're working on it. And number two, he thought and, – and this is something we've talked about on the show too, where he gets better as games go along. But he thought Philadelphia did a really good job varying the pass rushers he saw in that Thursday game, so he never really got comfortable facing the same pass rusher and figuring that guy out. So it was kind of like all game. He was in, all right, what is this guy trying to do to me? What is Barnett trying to do? What is Sweat trying to do? Mm -hmm. I'm not sure how much Graham was lined up over him, but they did a real nice job. As you know, Philly rotates their guys over and over again. That's just how they play. And he thought that was something that Thomas had to deal with on Thursday too. But again, these are not excuses, folks. This is just what the reality is.
4: And it just goes to show you how smart sometimes these other defensive coaches are, you know, they, and especially to a young guy, you know, they're not going to be, they're not going to be doing that against a, a grizzled veteran, but you know, a young guy, they're going to test and them. And if they get to them, they got to them. So, you know, Tampa doesn't do a lot of switching around. I mean, JPP usually plays on the right side, so you're not going to see a lot of him on the other side. So at least he can maybe, you know, get a little bit of consistency, um, with that, and be able to figure out, which tells you he can do it, John. Because if he's playing better in the second half, he's understanding what the guy's trying to do, you know. And it's, over time, he won't have to. He'll have a consistent game from start to finish.
3: Well, we hope so, and hope, yeah. hopefully that'll happen. And it's going to be a difference. Last year, I don't think JPP was healthy for that game against the Bucks because I believe Barrett was over Nate Solder for most of that he game. He was. And but now, isn't,
4: doesn't JPP usually stay on the right side, though, right? He is on the right side. This year, he's
3: played about four-fifths of his snaps over the left tackle, believe it or not. And Barrett's been playing over the right tackle. I was surprised to see that, too, Jeff, because I remembered that it was the opposite in, in yeah. prior years. But this year, they've been putting JPP over the left tackle, so it'll be JPP and Andrew Thomas for a lot of this game.
4: Yeah, okay.
3: 201-939-4513 let's go to Rick in Tampa Bay. He's up next. Rick, what's up?
8: Hey, Jeff and John. What's up, guys? Hi, what's up? how are you? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Um, I always enjoy the show, and uh, I have a couple things I want to say. First, regarding Andrew Thomas, uh, didn't he play all his career at Georgia, and didn't he play right tackle?
3: He played right tackle the first year. He played left okay. tackle his last two seasons there.
8: He, did his, he didn't play – oh, I thought he played majority as at right tackle. No, that was, that I was I
3: Jedrick, Wills, and Wurfs played mostly right yep. tackle in college. I think you're I probably thought, thinking about them.
8: No, I, I thought he did because I know it, because there is a bit of a transition from right tackle to left tackle, correct?
3: No, there is, but Andrew um, Thomas played his last two years at Georgia at left tackle. It was one did. of the reasons why we thought – heading into this year, and it turns out that our thoughts were incorrect, that he would be one of the guys that you can kind of stick in there left tackle right away and be okay. Yeah. That has not played out, right. but that's what we thought coming
8: right. out. Yeah, Oh, it could have been also that Will, uh, Will was Solder playing left tackle, they were thinking of putting him at right tackle. That right, name, that's true. Yeah, yep, yeah. If he was help. Uh, I do have, <laughs> all right, I'm going to give you, ready for this? This is the key to the Giants beating that I'm um, down here in Tampa. So, I mean, key to beating the Tampa Bay Bucks, Okay. And you're ready for it. Mm-hmm. This is the only key, it's the only key <laughs> that will to work <laughs> okay. for, that will work for the Giants. And you know what that is, is that Tampa Bay is looking, who do they play next week? Tampa. Mm-hmm.
3: Oh,
4: he, so, they have a game. so you are hoping and this is a trap game. Is I know what you're who hoping. they play. They and play New Orleans who they lost to. Yes. Yeah.
8: They are look. They have New Orleans, which to them down here is their big rivalry, and they are looking ahead. If that, I mean, we got to hope because it's a short rest too. You got to remember Mike, they'll be playing Monday night. That <laughs> we got to hope that they are looking ahead, and we come up with some. And, and I and I've said this to you guys before that I think what Jason gouch has got to be. Uh, what did I? How did I say? They got to do the, uh, the well. It's almost that two minute offense from the beginning of the game. They got to do some. Uh, some not trick plays, but you know what I mean. And I think, uh, Jeff, you agreed with me last time about they have to be very creative and come out, surprise them, this kind of thing. It's the only way it, it, you almost have to to beat them because everything's stacked against us in that. But if they're looking ahead, we do have a we, we have a slim a little slimmer of chance. And so that's my first – that's the key. And the second thing I do have to ask you guys, and I know you guys work for the Giants. Well, I'm not work for the Giants, but you're on Giants online. This is what I call for. Uh, and I listen for all the Giants info and and, and to and conversation. That's about the Giants. But at one point, first of all, are you not allowed to say or you just don't agree that Evan Ingram should be traded? I'm tired of him, and I know most of the callers are tired of him. His play, his being hurt, his short, his alligator arms, his dropping a pass. He needs to go just to say, you know what, <laughs> trade him, and, and just come out and say it. I don't know if you can or not. And then Gettleman as well. He's got to go. It's as simple as that and and I don't know what, how many losses it's going to take for the Giants to just say, "You know what? gettleman has got to go." For his draft pick hit for I mean, it's just time to turn the page. And also, I hate to say this, but if we're one and 10 and and Daniel Jones is not doing is doing what he's been doing, you know, the fumbles, the a couple of interceptions and and is it and the Jets happen to win a game, will there be a time when you'll say, "You know what? they're they're going to possibly consider trevor lawrence do you think that would come you ever would say that this year or is that just? I know, John. You don't like looking ahead to playing games. No, like that, I mean, but... no,
3: I mean, Rick. The way I look at it is that until you know where the Giants are picking and where they are with Daniel Jones, I just think I don't think it makes a lot of sense to have that conversation now. Right. No, I... You know what I mean? Yeah, before, I mean, right, if, but... if, if 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 we get to Week 17 and we find out the Giants have the first pick in the draft, uh, the day after well, right, or the yeah, day after that, yeah. then we then we can have that conversation. But I, I don't think there's much use. In talking about whether the Giants will pick a player, when I'll be honest with you, right now, I think there is an extremely small chance the Giants will be 12% picking. Twelve percent. They overall. put it out the other day. So to me, <laughs> I don't. I don't think it's worth having that conversation now. Um, right. And then this. And by right. the way, and I said this before too. It's the same deal. Why are we talking about a general manager in week seven?
8: Well, most of your callers, as you know we Will be saying the same thing I just said. And no, I, I know, and I get that. But what? But we how... like to talk about as fans. No, 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 right? and
3: Rick, I get that. And everybody can call up and, and talk about it. We, we we never shut people down. People can come and give their opinions. That's what's but, good about our show. Exactly. But to That's me, it. but to me, changing a general manager in week seven doesn't do anything, right? No, no, it it doesn't but, do anything. So, well, and we talked about this before the year, Rick. And thank you very much for the call. We appreciate. It. I got one more guy. I got to get Rick. in. Um, We talked about how the start of this year could be rough based on the schedule. This is something we were very open about before the season started. And we talked about how important it was to see where this team was and how well they were playing in Week 13, 14, 15, 16, as opposed to Week one, two, three, four. So I'm not making – I don't think anyone should draw any conclusions or make any decisions now. It doesn't make any sense. So – and no, we're not going to call for anybody to get fired. That's something we're not going to do here. We work for the Giants. That's not what we're going to do. Because if we did that, we wouldn't have a show. And I've been very honest about that (laughs) before, folks. We will talk about how guys are playing, how the team's performing. We'll be honest about performance. We will not call for people to get fired that work for this team on the show because they're our coworkers, and that is something that we're just not going to do. I've been clear about that now. I'll be clear about it again. So I know that frustrates some of you, and I get it. You can call up, give your opinion on that. That's fine. But that's not something we're going to do here. We could talk about whether or not what the history is, what they've done, the performance, that's fine. Fair game. We'll talk about that, too. But we're not going to call for people's heads. That's just not what's going to happen here. And it, to Jeff, it just doesn't make sense to have that discussion this early in the year. No,
4: I mean, what is he going to do about it? I mean, listen, the guy's going to make some decisions going forward to the rest of the season, but it's not going to – what he does now is not – maybe the draft – I mean, excuse me, the the trade deadline coming up and coming and going, you know, maybe that's why you get a little bit more talk with the GM because he could be working some deals here and there. But bottom line is that – all the work's done before the season starts through the draft and free agency, you're building your team, right? I mean, now you're just trying to patchwork and things. So, if you want to talk about the GM, talk about it like you said, John. When we're at the end of the season and seeing how this team is, is doing in the last four games of the year, if they've only won one game and they're 1 in, one in 13, 1 in 12, um, then that's probably a discussion people are going to start having. Remember, the Do- everyone thought the Dolphins were going to finish with, what, one win last year?
3: Zero wins through the first yeah, five or they six games? Well. And look how they closed out the season. Look yeah, how they closed out the happens. season. Yeah. Maybe that happens with the Giants. Maybe it doesn't. I don't know. But why am I making decisions about the general manager and the starting quarterback that you used the sixth overall pick on last year when you don't have all the information you're gonna have at the end of the year? That's right. That's all I'm saying. Fair? Fair. Two oh one, nine three nine, four five one three. Scott, in New Mexico will wrap us up today, hey, Scotty.
9: Hi guys, how you doing today? What's up? Good, Scott. Uh, first of all if another caller calls in and says that Evan England should be traded I think my head's going to explode <laughs> only because uh who are you going to depend on then you have uh, Caden Smith who's what's caught uh, 10 balls for 60 yards uh for the whole season so I, I we got to stop this I mean he dropped a pass Phil Sims was on earlier in the week he says he has to perform better there's nobody disputing that and that's Something that he has to obviously get better at, sure. but he's too much of a weapon to, to uh, just say, Yeah, let's trade him. Well, and Scott, here's but, the
3: thing. At this point, I mean, our, I, I maybe fans have an unrealistic expectation of what the trade offer would be. Because to me, in order to give up on a player like that when you have him under contract for another year, you better get something significant in return. And, and if, I'm not sure if that, uh, look, I have no idea what's going on. I don't know if the Giants are looking at the deal. We're not saying they are, they're not, we're not saying any of that but I don't know what fans think the market's going to be here.
9: Correct. Uh, I know you're short on time, so I want to get to my main point, and it really is concerning Tampa Bay. Uh, When you look at their stats, uh, obviously they've lost two games. They're not invincible. Uh, Even their win against uh, Los Angeles, they allowed 31 points. But if you look at some of their stats, uh, third-down conversions specifically, they're 39 of 89 uh, on third-down conversions, but their opposition is 35 of 90. There's not much of a difference. Their time of possession, 30.07. Their opponents, 29.52. Again, not much of a difference. And the losses that they've had, the one to Chicago, they didn't score a ton of points. Uh, I think it was 2019, if I recall. Yep. Mm-hmm. We're banking on the last two games to say that Tampa Bay is going to be crowned the game against Green Bay and Las Vegas, where they destroyed both teams. And so I think they have a right to, or bragging rights to say they're uh, an upper echelon team. Yeah, I Scott, and, and that they was the point are. I
3: tried to make earlier where I think their offense is kind of hitting its stride at the right time. Now, maybe you're right. right. Maybe, maybe it turns out these last two games are an aberration and they're more like the team that played Chicago. That could be true when we get to the right. end of the year, but it doesn't – watching them – it doesn't feel like that to me.
9: Well, what's the way that we beat Brady in the Super Bowl? And it's the way up that the most teams beat Brady. Pressure you beat him up. Pressure up the middle, yep. which means that Tomlinson, uh, Dexter Lawrence, those guys are going to have to put pressure. I'm not saying this is going to be uh, a cakewalk. Uh, they're obviously a phenomenal team. But if they can get pressure up the middle, and they can do it with those three guys, uh, especially Tomlinson and Dexter Lawrence and uh, Lynn Williams, and they can, and they can actually push Brady uh, around a little bit because he's not as mobile as he was. They have a, a legitimate chance to win the game, but but they have to do that. They have good wide receivers. The Giants they can mm-hmm. they can take on some of the cornerbacks, even though the cornerbacks are considered very very good. But I'd hate to think that we're going into this game with the attitude that we can't beat them. That would be tantamount them out to disaster. Oh going well, Scott, in I, guarantee, I guarantee i guarantee you, with a beating you attitude, you're not going to win at all. I mean,
3: I guarantee you, the coaches and the players aren't thinking that. They—they're they, putting a game plan together right. to win the game. We're just talking from an outside perspective, looking in, right. that it's going to be a real difficult ride. That's it. Yeah,
9: and my point was that they're not invincible. They've lost uh, in the Saints game. They only scored, I think, 23 points, if I remember.
3: Yep, that was the first game uh, of the year they played. That's correct.
9: Right. So I'd like to see them. I'd like to see the Giants. I know it's going to be difficult. The only other question I have is. And I'll take it off the air. Uh, With the COVID scenario, sometimes you can have results two or three days later. Do you think, uh, based on the scenarios and and the protocols that exist, do you think there's any possibility that there will be more Giants affected Uh, other than Will Hernandez? And I'll take the answer off the air. It's hard to tell. I mean, the guys
4: get tested every day. We have Uh, no idea. I mean – I mean, listen, they, they get you know this John they, they, every, they get tested every day. so Now,
3: the good news is the tracking said there wasn't a lot of close contact,
4: mm-hmm. which
3: which is why the guys were back in the building today. If there were close contact cases, the guys wouldn't have been back in the building today. They would have been kept out for another day. but'. And isn't, not it be true, allowed back.
4: isn't it true that they tested negative, so they were allowed back in the building? Well, of course, right? yep. Mm-hmm. so yeah, I mean. And, and, but again, and Scott, it's guys, hard for us. We're not, we don't have a crystal ball to see if there's anybody. But, you right. know, it's just. You I just think the Giants, we've ball. talked about it earlier, the Giants have done a really good job at, at containing this uh, to a point, right? I mean, you've had one positive test, as we know, uh, for, up to, for the first almost eight weeks of the season. So that's pretty good. Yeah. And look, the bottom line is that there's no way to tell. You hope not. Heck, another player
3: could test positive. Maybe he caught it outside the facility. Mm-hmm. How do you know he got it from – Somebody That's inside right. the facility. So yeah. th- there, there's really just no way to know, to be honest with you. But the bottom line is that, look, they know exactly w- when they're in the facility, people know what these players are doing at all times with that tracking stuff. Yeah, Everyone's carrying those sensors around. So I think everyone has a pretty good feel, and you hope that the data plays out into reality and there are no more cases. But Jeff and I can't say either way for sure. We just don't
4: know. We just we don't just know. hope it's not going to be any. There exactly.
3: All right, guys. Enjoy your football weekend. Thanks, John. I hope you enjoyed it. You've been listening to Big Blue Kickoff Live, which is on the Giants Podcast Network, presented by Investors Bank, which you can find on the Giants mobile app, podcast platforms, everywhere in the Giants.com/slash/podcast. You can hear my friend Mr. Feigles and I, along with Lance Miao, Meadow, and Paul Dettino, and Howard Cross and the cast of millions <laughs> on Coors Light. On um, I'm sorry, on Bud Light Giants Game Day on Monday night. On WFAN, pregame starts at 6.45. And, of course, we'll be back with Big Kickoff Live. Lance Mendel and I, which is presented by the New York Lottery, get out there and play on Monday at noon. Mr. Fegels, enjoy your
4: weekend, oh, my friend. It was I, fun as always. And, by the way, I forgot to wish everybody a happy Halloween tomorrow. So that'll be a fun one. I don't know what everybody's doing for that one. I'm just trying to figure out how I'm going to hand out my candy. So good luck with everybody and have fun. Stay safe.
3: Now, did, uh, did you see the little
4: tweet I put out earlier today about what my daughter's dressed as? Uh, no, I did not. Is she... Uh, I'm going to guess. She dressed um, up... Okay, guess. Guess first. Um, dressed up as um, a nurse? I, I, don't, I have no idea. <laughs> no.
3: no. We... we do, come on. I, I, I'm, I'm going to do better than that. Uh, <laughs> but I, I got to give credit to my wife. She's the one that picked out the costume. I put the stamp of approval on it, but it was her idea. So we dressed her up in the little uh, uniform for the Rockford Peaches from A League of Their Own. Kay. Remember the old A League of Their Own movie? Did you ever see that Tom Hanks? Mm, nope. Nothing. Gita Davis?
4: Oh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. The little baseball uniforms, right? Yes, the baseball uniforms. Yes, right? the baseball yeah. uniforms. Yeah. So
3: she is dressed up like a player for the Rockford Peaches. It is quite adorable, go. I must say. That's awesome. Yeah, it's good. Well, stay safe. Yeah, you too, Jeff. At least I least you, hey, you get
4: to go trick or treating. A lot of times you don't, right? Yeah, I mean, you know what?
3: I don't think we're doing trick or treating this year. I think it's just a little bit weird, given kind yeah. of the situation. No, I we're get in. it. I know you're... it's
4: strange for a lot of different people. So that's why I said, whatever you're doing, stay safe. Yeah, you know?
3: exactly. And look, she's only three. She doesn't really know what trick or treating is yet. To go. Exactly. Yeah. So if you're going to skip, this is a year to skip before she knows what's going on. Anyway, Jeff, good, <laughs> good stuff, up. my friend. We'll talk to you on Monday.
4: Okay, John, have a good weekend. Thanks Thank for you. being with us, everybody.
3: Yep. And as Jeff said, stay safe.